to the Share Hope Global Podcast. This is DJ. I'm excited to be with you guys today. Denise is not with me, but I do have a special guest on this Mother Day weekend. It is my mother, Mama B, as we call her, Sister Beverly, my mommy. So uh, she's going to be joining us soon, but we're going to be talking about everyday people operating in the supernatural. So if you're unfamiliar with what supernatural means, that just means we allow God to come into our everyday natural lives and put his amazing superpowers on things. And my mom has been doing that for years. And I want to kind of have her share some of her stories because she doesn't have a special title. She doesn't have um, a, a church of her own. She's just living life just like many people do all around the world and allowing God to use her in supernatural ways. And number two, we're going to talk about how do we raise children who love God. Now, trust me, if you know me from the past, I wasn't perfect. But the cool part is that I have a journey where I had a praying mom, I had a praying dad, and I was able to go through uh, the hills and the journeys of life, but always have God on my side or always have someone I can go to and ask about God. And I'm sure many people right now might have teenagers or young children, and they're wondering, how do we produce children and future adults who love God? So without further ado, we're going to get into it. So with me today, as promised, I have my mom today. How are you doing today, mom? I'm great. Thank you. So it's exciting to have you here with us on uh, Mother's Day weekend. Um, So we wanted to get together tonight and do a recording for everybody just to talk about everyday people operating in the supernatural. And I explained what supernatural was in the introduction. Um, But I guess, mom, my first question for you is... uh, when did you first have a desire to even want to be used more by God? Because we know a lot of people are Christians and they go to church every day, but they never tap into what we're talking about, which is a supernatural. What was your first experience or first time wanting more from God in that area? I remember that I was at a Bible study and in that Bible study, one of the pastors said something about having a relationship with God. And he said in prayer um, that I not only could talk to God, but God could talk back to me. Mm. And that just really ignited in my spirit. And I thought God would talk back to me. And that really put hunger in my spirit. That's good. Yeah, because I think a lot of times people don't realize that this is a two way relationship. God wants a relationship with us. I think we get um, a lot of us going to churches and we're worried about the do this and don't do this and don't do that. But God just wants to spend time with us in relationship, just like he did from the very beginning with Adam and Eve and so on. And so that's exciting. And so from there you prayed and you wanted God to hear from you. And I'm assuming that God did speak to you. And what does that even sound like? I know a lot of people like God talks to us, you know, I don't believe that, but what is, what is that like for you? I remember um, as a younger Christian, I was like, wow, God's speaking. So I would just spend time in prayer and I would talk to him. And one day during my prayer time, the Lord spoke to my spirit. It wasn't like an audible voice as we hear now, but it was something that God answered me that I knew that it was him. It wasn't in my head. So I heard the sweet spirit just speak and answer a question. And that just 
really messed me up. For example, um, I was seeking the Lord about what kind of fast to go on. And um, the Lord answered me about um, going on a non-food fast. And I was, I asked him one evening and when I woke up, he told me that morning. He, It's like sometimes he'll talk to you doing your prayer time, but then sometimes he'll answer you like the very next day when your brain is clear, mm. when you wake up. Now, let me stop you there. So I know this podcast is for everyone. I hope there's Christians listening, but I hope there's also non-Christians listening. And so I'm sure I, I've had friends in the past say, ah, well, how do you know that's just not your conscience? Or how do you know that's just not something you made up because you were looking for an answer, right? We can make up answers that we're looking for on our own. How do you know that was really the voice of God? Or, or at least what made you feel that way? Um, the Lord is so precious. He know how to speak to individual individuals individually. Uh-huh. Um, so he may talk to me a certain way, uh, which he always dealt with me in threes. He doesn't always do that with everybody because I was called a misconfirmation. I would love confirmation. So God would always tell me something important that I needed to know, like a decision. Hmm. He would uh, give me three confirmations. And then I would say, okay, God, I understand what you want so from me. So it would me. be like you would feel like you heard from God and then someone else would tell you and then you would have another sign somehow that would give you, that's how God would speak to you. Correct. Because I have friends, for example, and I agree with you. I have friends who they get dreams and that's how God speaks to them. A lot of times it's through a trusted advisor. Um, I hear like a small, still voice, almost like my conscious of I heard. I think it was Creflo Dollar say one time that the way, you know, if it's God speaking is if it's uh, something that aligns with the Bible. That's why it's important. We read our Bibles. But if it aligns with the Bible, that's a lot of times the Holy Spirit. If it's something that you would normally want to do, a lot of times that's just you. If it's something that goes against the Bible, a lot of times that could be some outside suggestion um, and even maybe. Uh, the opposite of God, which will be Satan or or demonic force, which gets me into my next question. So this is when it's going to get serious here. So I know growing up um, in the house with you, I've heard many stories. Um, I was too, I think, from looking at your life and seeing different people um, on TV or just in ministry, I wanted more from God too. And one thing I never asked for was inter, uh, interactions with demons. <laughs> and so I know that's one thing that um, my wife has um, experienced in her life. Um, I probably experienced it, but more on a subtle thing, but really a demon manifesting. And let's, let me kind of dig into what that means. And so obviously if you believe there is such thing as a God, then opposite to that, especially if you believe in the Bible is Satan, right? Satan has been around since the beginning in Genesis. And so uh, working for him, like God has angels working with him. Satan has demons working with him. And uh, we see throughout the Bible where there's demon interacting. Uh, one example is when there was a man that was possessed Jesus found him and he cast the demons into the pigs. The pigs ran off the cliff. And so we see demons are manifesting humans and then even animals in some cases. And the great part about it is not to be scared. It's not like a Halloween movie. Jesus, when he died on the cross, took authority over death, hell, the grave, every demon. Right. And so when we operate through Jesus, just like a police officer operates through the government, we operate through Jesus and we have authority just like a police officer has authority. And so Getting to your story again, you you're you're not a a pastor of any church, right? You're not a a mega evangelist going around, right? But you've had interactions with manifested demons. Tell me more about that. 
Yes. Um, before I really knew the Lord personally, I was just warned. God is so wonderful. He'll like prepare you for what he wants from you. And so I used to have dreams about casting out spirits, demonic spirits. And so I would wake up and say, God, I don't want to do that. Can I do something else? And so the Lord promised me he would not let a demonic spirit manifest unless I was ready. So um, when I was at a conference, uh, one of the members of a church that I was uh, going to, she had trouble staying in service all the time. And so we all stayed in a hotel room one evening. And after the uh, conference, she had to leave early and we all went up to the room. I went back to the room where she had left um, the conference. And so anyway, when I walked in the room, she was uh, supposedly asleep. So I asked about the person that was sleeping and I, um, I went over to the person. I said, are you okay and they kind of um, looked at me and they was like, yeah, they're better. So I opened up the Bible and I said, well, let me show you what you missed because she had gotten sick before the word came forth. Mm. So I said, this is what you missed. And so that spirit in her pushed the Bible away with her finger. And she says, I don't want this. Let me let me stop you for a second there. I love what you said. You said the spirit in her. So it wasn't this person, right? We're not saying people are demons, you know. Right. And so even Jesus, when he was talking to Peter, he talked about the spirit that was in him operating at that time when he told him not to go to the cross, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he said, get thee behind me, Satan, when he was referring to Peter, talking about the spirit that was influencing Peter. Yes. So that's important to know that Jesus is love. We as Christians, we should be loving. But to your point, you talked about the spirit said, and you knew it was because this person, they wanted to be at the conference. Correct. That's why they were there. They obviously paid money or they took their time away from their family to be at this conference. And so I'm sorry to but go into the story. So you see if you felt or you heard the demon say, I don't want that and push away the mm-hmm. Bible. Correct. This person uh, was struggling and she definitely wanted the word but that spirit in her kept making her sick and she could never stay in a service Mm. where the word was preached and when i opened up the bible that demonic spirit in her um just took the finger and pushed the bible i don't want this and so then the holy spirit in me um shifted and i said oh no devil you coming out tonight because um, now it's manifesting in a room that I'm about to sleep in. And so, nope. <laughs> um, and now tell me, I guess, how long were you a Christian by then? Like following, cause you grew up in church, but how long were you at this point after your prayer saying, God, I want to hear from you to this point. How many years do you think? Five years, two years, 10 years. Oh, uh, it was probably, when I was told that I had a deliverance healing ministry, it probably was about a few years, two or three years. Okay. So, I mean, it didn't take long if you no. think about it. Okay. But then, so you were this, uh, you said you're not staying in here tonight with me. I said, Satan, you coming out tonight. Okay. And so the Holy Spirit in me shifted 
It's like it was no more my, me, Beverly, but the Holy Spirit took authority over that demonic spirit. And as the Holy Spirit led me, I uh, started calling out those things that the Holy Spirit would tell me. You know, um, I was rebuking, um, oh my goodness. Um, was it like certain different act- activities they were doing or then was it like rebuking fear, rebuking? Uh, First of all, the Holy Spirit had me have this other lady that was staying in the room to get this woman up out of the bed. Sure. And so I said, stand her up. This is what I told one other lady. And so it was actually three of us in the room. Mm-hmm. The uh, one lady that had the spirit, the other lady that I uh, had her get up uh, her friend out of the bed. And then another lady, I had her read the scripture. Uh, and because the demon apparently did not want this woman to hear that word. So the Holy Spirit had me have the other lady read the scripture. And so then as I began to uh, bind up um, under the authority of the Holy Ghost, this lady started shaking hmm. with the demon in her. And so um, and the more I called out, um, the demonic spirit under the direction of the Holy Ghost. She was shaking like, you know, she was convulsing or something. Wow. And so, um, the more spirits that I called out, the more this, uh, spirit had this body shaking. And so then she acted like she wanted to puke. So I had the other lady get a garbage can. And as I called the spirit, she was puking red um, stuff out of her mouth mm. into the garbage. Mm. And um, so it's so important that you know that God have you operating in those gifts. Right. Because um, in the Bible, people have tried to cast out spirits and those spirits know if you operating in the authority of the Holy Spirit. And so. The lady got free, praise God. But during that session, I could tell in my spirit when she was almost done getting delivered and when to stop uh, through the process. I see. So the Holy Spirit really guided you through the whole process. It sounds like you didn't have any fear because you weren't operating. And I think that is the definition of supernatural. Absolutely. It was you, Beverly. But... It wasn't you acting. You were the body there, a vessel, if you will. The Holy Spirit was able to, just like the demon uh, operated with this woman, the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. who was greater, operated through you. And God loves us so much that he was not going to let this woman stay like that. And I believe God put you two in in that room together that night because he wanted his daughter free. Absolutely. And you said something important, too, that spirit in me. The uh, the Holy Spirit in me versus the demonic spirit. And there was actually spirit to spirit. Mm. And when it was over, the lady that got delivered, she was like, I feel so clean. Mm. And I talked to her um, after everything was over. And she said she is like she went away. She don't remember anything. Wow. She remember me coming up to asking her how she feel. And from that point, she blanked out. 
until she came to herself and say, I feel clean. So that whole deliverance process was demon and Holy Spirit operation. Wow. So, yeah. So, so what I got from that is number one, we don't have to be scared of demons. I know we see all these movies Mm -hmm. that uh, these heads are spinning around and priests are getting kicked across the room. Mm -hmm. And that really is Hollywood. We see in the Bible, we see in real life, this is just one story. There's many more. Um, my wife can share her stories living, growing up in South Africa, where the those, those demonic spirits are more um, visual and more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I've done mission trips in, um, in the Dominican Republic and a lot of Haitians coming over. But here, but don't get it wrong. In, American, in America here, there are many demons here. A lot of times we just don't have the eyes to see them, the spiritual eyes. Um, or a lot of times they're more uh, subvert, which is actually, I think, more dangerous because mm-hmm. uh, we just allow them to live amongst us. Mm-hmm. Where for, for your story, you weren't going to let that demon stay in the room with you that night. Correct. Um, actually, um, what I love about God, even after that happened, um, I was in a room just visiting someone. This is a whole nother um, story. So I went to check on a member of my church and um, when I got there, she was there with two guys and they were uh, involved in some drugs and they put the drugs away and she answered the door. Well, I came in and um, I asked her how she was doing. She said she was doing fine. One guy stayed and then I sat down in a chair and I just began to talk to another guy that practically ran out the door and three of the ladies that I was there with they physically saw in the spirit realm that a demon manifest on that guy that ran out the door that all three of them had the same story they did not leave the room and they said the one guy that left the room he had um, red eyes and long fangs. Now, God didn't show me that, and I asked him why, but the three of them that never saw a so demon. So, yeah, three people in the room with you mm-hmm. who had never seen a demon before. They called it a monster. Wow. And they said this monster was bowing down and and to towards me. Like, so in the spirit realm, they saw this demonic spirit yielding and bowing to the Holy Spirit, mm. backing out so the door. So you necessarily, it was the Holy Spirit living Absolutely. in Absolutely. Sure. That's why we don't need to be afraid because those demons know the Holy Spirit. Mm. They submit to the Holy Spirit. And in the natural, I didn't see that at all. Wow. And I asked the Lord when everything was over. I said, God, why I didn't see those demons? Because I usually see demons and other people don't. Right. He said, because that particular individual didn't want to be delivered. And if I had a thought, I would have tried to do a deliverance. So that's an interesting point you make. So God is such a gentleman and he really gives us free will to where there's someone who does not want to be delivered, he's not going to force deliverance on anybody. Absolutely. So I think that just gives me a story. I, I think about people listening right now that may have, they see some of the signs you're talking about where their kids, you know, and again, some people don't want to read the Bible, not because they're demon infested. They just had a bad experience with church, but maybe, but you might have some ideas that your teenager 
may have got involved with certain things because you said that multiple times that there were drugs in this room. The other person had dealt with a lot of things. So a lot of times sinful things. And so that goes back to what I said in the beginning of uh, there's all these do's and don'ts. God doesn't set up all these rules. We're in a covenant of grace. So we accept Jesus in our hearts and Jesus comes and has relationship with us and he guides us on what we should do with our lives to help reach his ultimate purpose. But I think a lot of the do's and don'ts, the laws around those are to keep us out of harm and danger. Yes. So the Bible talks about not giving yourself to sin, some things like pornography. Why not engage in pornography? What's, what's so wrong with that? Well, because there are spirits attached to those things. Correct. Demonic spirits attached to those things. And so you're opening up portals for that. Um, you know, we talk about getting drunk or using drugs, right? There's certain spirits attached to those things that God does not want us to have to even deal with. Yes. And so the good news that is that if you have dealt with those things, if you have given yourself to those things, God is a deliverer. Yes. And so you don't have to wait on evangelists to come into town. You don't have to wait until my mom comes to visit you. You can pray right now. God, I want to be free from this demonic thing that I feel is holding me back. I want to be free from the spirit of addiction. I want to be free from lasciviousness. I want to be free from gossip and hate, all these different things. And Jesus, I ask you to deliver me right now. You you have authority living in you. When you accept Jesus, as my mom was just saying, the Holy Spirit is living in you. And so when you pray, the Holy Spirit is praying with you against any demonic force. So that's exciting news that um, we can pray for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that you pray for other people. Um, now, let's talk about, a, I guess, a less demon uh, based story. I've heard stories where there are people who could not conceive children and you God used you to pray for them. Tell me more about that. Absolutely. Um, as I stated earlier, God did reveal that I had a healing and a deliverance ministry. So on the healing side, um, I've always had a love for people. And so the Holy Spirit would just rise up in me when people have a need. And um, it was this precious couple that I met. Um, Young, they were trying to get uh, pregnant over a year. And in that year, they were so frustrated. And so the Lord uh, put it in my spirit to fast and then go pray for this couple. And the scripture talks about this kind sometime come out, but by fasting and prayer. Mm-hmm. So I fasted for two days and the enemy tried to stop me from going there. This is what I love about the Lord. Um, it's confirmation that I was supposed to go because I was not the sick the night before I was supposed to go pray mm-hmm. with them. And so when I woke up, I was so dizzy and I couldn't stand up. And so Um, I called the couple, told them I'm still coming. I just got to get in the car. I could sit up, but I couldn't stand up. Mm. That's how bad everything was. And I had never had this sickness in my body except that morning that I was supposed to go and lay hands and pray with this family. So um, I made it to the car and I drove to the house and I took some crackers Because I knew by faith this was demonic Um, because I had no reason to be dizzy when I stood up. And so Mm. after I made it to the house and I sat on the couch, 
that uh, heavy, dizzy spirit, that sickness in my body left as soon as I sat on their couch. And now let me stop you there for a second. I've heard so many stories like that um, from reading books, from hearing testimonies from other ministers that when they go to preach in a village and preach about deliverance or tell people about Jesus, they feel sickness. I've heard translators where their mouth gets shut. The, the, the devil does not want to see God's people free. Yes. And he knew you were going to go there and pray for this couple to have a baby. Something they've wanted, something they've been praying about, yes. I'm sure. And you were attacked. So I said we're getting away from demons, but we're back here again. The idea is that there is a battle out there that we're not seeing mm-hmm. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we think that, oh, life is just against me or man, I just have bad luck. But a lot of times God has a destiny and purpose for you and it's being held up sometimes by our choices. Right. We can't blame everything on demons. But a lot of times it's a demonic attack because they can see in the spiritual realm what you can see, which is your destiny and purpose and your future in God. And so I'm sure the devil knew that what was going to happen that day. Tell us more about that. What happened once you got there and how did the whole healing process happen? Okay, so in that knowing we were not trying to talk about demons again, but sickness is of the devil. So that's why um, God combined the healing and deliverance. Whenever we um, talk about that, we have to address both of them. But healing um, is of God. He said he wished above all things that we would prosper and be in health. So that is his will for us to be healed. And so when I was at the couple's house, um, I was uh, led by the Holy Spirit to lay hands and decree. My ministry is kind of radical. It's not, you know, I just follow God. The Lord actually had me to go and lay on their bed and decree that the marriage bed is undefiled. And I spoke scripture Hmm. and I just laid my body on it and I loosed the anointing under the power of the Holy Ghost. And then I laid hands on that couple and um, in less in a couple of months, they got pregnant. Well, well, let's talk about that. I mean, Jesus, and you said that your ministry is radical. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus' ministry was radical. He spit in mud and rud on people's eyes. Okay. And we've seen where um, I've seen all types of radical things uh, where where we've seen prophets in the Old Testament lay on people. Mm-hmm. Jesus called people from the dead. Okay. So I think that Jesus was an example of. Number one, God doesn't do the same thing always the same way, right? So the way he delivered you or delivered your friend, he may have a different way of delivering the next person. Correct. But but, but number two, what I would say is be open to the flow and the will of God. That's why it's important to be able to hear from God. And the thing that sharpens your hearing is your prayer life. That's good. When you spend time with God, you know him. You cannot have a relationship with anyone if you don't spend time with them. So I would get up early in the morning, four and five o'clock, and I spent hours with the Lord. So I was sensitive to his voice, sensitive to his move, sensitive to his direction. And so that's the key to hearing him clearly is to spend time with him. I mean, that makes sense to me just because just like a marriage, I think about I know my wife, even when she's just hinting at something because I've spent so much time with her, we talk. So I know even when she has an idea she doesn't want to say maybe loud, but wants to kind of pass me a hint, I know because I spent time with her for years and years and years. And so I think what I've kind of got from this portion is that, number one, we need to spend time with God. If you want 
more from God, ask for it, right? Correct. The Bible talks about when you want wisdom, ask for it. He'll give it to you without any type of bridle or any type of uh, restriction on it. Yes. And so uh, if you desire gifts, ask for them, right? And so um, you started by asking. You spent yes. time in prayer, yes. reading your Bible, right? You knew what the Bible said, so you knew what your authority was. Yes, 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 yes. So just like police officers, for they, we went back to that analogy. They study the law. They study what the different rules are. And so they can go and they can enforce those rules and those laws when they're in the community. Same thing for us as Christians. When we understand the law and the rules that God has set up, we can enforce those things in our community. Without knowing the law, we can't enforce what is not true. We have to come in the authority also of God, right? Authority of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, three in one. The police officer can't come when he's off duty and come into my house and come and arrest me, right? That, that that would not be within the law. He's not operating under the authority. However, when he comes with a search warrant from the judge or the government and comes in when he's on duty and when he's active, then he can come and do certain things that he couldn't do as a normal man. That's the supernatural. That's how it works for us. You mentioned fasting a couple times too. Um, and so some people might not be familiar with fasting, uh, just quickly fasting is taking time to feed your spirit yeah. and deprive your flesh. And so whether that's with food, that could be some people fast from TV and social media. But uh, I would say talk to your pastors or someone in your life about what fasting is. There's lots of literature online about fasting. That's something that you mentioned twice that you fasted. What else? What else would you say? Um, yes, fasting is very important because it. Like make sure flesh weak so your spirit can be uh, more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so um, if we feed our spirit, uh, the word of God and deny it food, it grows. If we uh, feed our flesh food, 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 it grows. So we have to be more balanced mm. and and feed both. Don't just always feed the flesh, but feed the spirit with the word and with prayer and fasting. And so I also fasted one time. This was at the beginning. I love I love God because he doesn't just throw us in the ring unprepared. I remember um, the healing part. I worked in healing at the beginning and the deliverance part came later in my life. But during my early days. God used me to lay hands on this lady that couldn't sleep. She had set up in a chair. She had laid in the bed for probably four or five years. And so one of my friends introduced me to her friend that could not sleep. And so we met as a group and I was just nervous. It was my first time having to lay hands on anybody. And I was like, God, I don't know if you want me to do this because it was all new. And so my friend saw the gift in me. We were um, we were always doing ministry together. She would witness to all kinds of people. Um, and I and she was, oh, Beverly's going to pray for you guys. Well, I wasn't sure. But the very first time I had to pray for somebody. We were at a house of my friends and we invited people over for dinner and they were talking and they were um, socializing. 
Well, the Lord, um, the first time that I had to lay hands on someone, my hands got really warm. That was the presence of the Lord. And I knew in my spirit, it's time to pray. So I gathered everyone together and the Lord um, told me as I was um, got, got the group together. Um, he gave me a scripture. I spoke the scripture to this young lady that needed the prayer that day. And mm-hmm. she started weeping. And um, then the Lord had uh, physically showed me where her pain was. And that's what I love about God. I had never had pain in my body, but I had this pain in my neck. And, I, and she was about to show me. I said, no, God has already showed me. So I laid hands on her. Um, neck and her back, exactly where her pain was. What do you think that did for her faith? So she's going to tell you, and then you already could tell her. What did, what did that do for her faith, you think? Oh, my goodness. She was ready to receive her healing. It mm. gave her hope. Mm. And she received her healing that night, and she has been sleeping in the bed ever since. And that happened back in the early 2000s. Wow. So we see God operating in different ways. We see him always operating to help people live better lives. The couple you talked about, they did end up having babies and babies to come. These people being free from demons, um, being able to sleep again. That is operating in the supernatural. And And let me share this. You might not operate that same way. Your thing might be God tells you to go pray for someone and you just pray for them. And that's all it is. Yes. But we all have a call in our lives and we all have access to the supernatural. And so um, I want to shift gears a little bit now. So um, what can I mention? Um, hey, you're my mom. You can, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> the Bible said that the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. Mm-hmm. So when you have um, just a heart for the things of God, because God wants his people free. If your heart is uh, right towards God, He'll just use you in any capacity because I didn't know what I was asking for. I just wanted more of God. When um, In my early beginnings, I knew that I could have a relationship with him. So then when I spent time with him, I started loving him and I started wanting more of him. That's good. So really what I'm getting is that the first step is accepting Jesus into your heart. If you haven't already, the number two, just spending time with him. I think a lot of times we see Christians want to jump and lay, you know, put hands on people, make them fall down like Benny Hinn and run around and do all these different things. But a lot of times it's just God wants a relationship with us. And through that relationship, he wants to bridge that love he has for you to other people. And how can people feel love if they're stuck in sickness? And you mentioned that sickness is not from God. It's not from God. And I, I know that probably, has some people um, thinking right now, well, why, why do I get sick then? I'm a Christian. And the idea is that we were, we are flesh and um, we were born in this flesh and sickness um, attacks the body. But when Jesus died, when he, in fact, the Bible says in Isaiah that by his stripes, we were healed. And so that's operating in the supernatural. So there is sickness set in our body, but we don't have to accept it. Yes. We stand on the word, what the Bible says, and we say, well, Jesus, you died on the cross. You took the whips to your sides. You took the whips all over your body. And by those things, I believe I am healed. Yes. And does that mean every time you're going to be instantaneously healed? And sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. But the idea is to stand in faith and mm-hmm. trust God for the supernatural. Again, taking God's super abilities into your natural body. 
So I want to shift gears a little bit. It is Mother's Day weekend and um, I have you here and I would love to talk about a lot of people probably have questions about how do you raise children who are seeking after God, right? Um, a lot of times we grow kids grow up going to church. The parents have to drag them to church. Um, but how how would you say because you have two children that both um, as we got older, we loved God and um, by no means perfect. But people who just said, you know what, they're going to live for God, two kids, you know, and, and what do you think attribute? What what do you how do you think that came to be? First of all, when um, kids. They know, they see everything in the house. Um, both of my kids, they watched me pray. Um, they knew they could come to me, whether it be uh, a problem at school, a problem with this. And so I prayed with uh, both of my children. I prayed, number one, when they were in my womb. And then when they be, when they were babies, I always spoke life over them. I always decreed, making a decree, just speaking positive um, affirmations over them. I decreed that my children, you know, would be saved. I decreed that my children would be filled with the Holy Spirit. I decreed that they would know God the way that I know God, because um there's different things out there and I wanted them to know the true and the living God. So I spent time decreeing over my babies. And when they got older, I prayed with my children. Um, do you remember DJ when you were having problems at college mm. and you didn't understand this math? Lots of problems, lots of math problems. Yeah. And so uh, you were taking a math class and when you were getting your master's degree. Yes. And so there was nobody to tutor you mm -hmm. and you need this class to graduate. Yes. So you called me from college and you said, mom, I just can't get it. And I remember I was cooking in my kitchen in Bloomington and you were at school in Macomb and I put that spoon down and I decreed that your eyes would be open and your ears would be open to understand that night. And you went back to study and it's like scales came over off your eyes and you mm. told me, mom, I can't believe it. I understand. You called me that morning. Oh. It's like you understood it for the first time. You remember that? I actually I did now that, you know, I actually forgot about that. But now I do remember. I think uh, from the child's perspective, it's important that you never forced like you, you, you better get spiritual or else I'm going to be, you know, you made us go to church when I'm growing up. But um. I think being there with a godly answer when I needed it, right? I had a natural, again, going at the natural, right? I had a math question mm -hmm. and you came with a godly answer. Mm -hmm. And so I, and I was desperate for an answer. So I didn't care what it was. If you had a tutor, if you had a, a Jesus that could help me, I was going to take either one of them. And so I think that's a valuable thing that we can do as parents. Cause now I'm a parent of children. And so, um, a lot of times we want to just rush to a natural or a educational answer. But a lot of times God wants to get involved because, again, that relationship we keep talking about, he wants to get involved in even our math questions. The Bible says cast all of our cares yes. on him, right? Because he cares for us. Yes. So that's math. That's algebra. That's uh, literature. That's whatever problem yes, we have. If you get hurt in football and you need, you know, healing from an injury. Yes. All your cares. All those things. And so. 
we had the luxury. And I'm sure uh, if anyone knows me growing up, you know, where I grew up in church, my dad is a pastor. My mom was always involved in church. And so but I don't think that's why we have a relationship with Jesus. Um, my sister passed away unfortunately, uh, 2008. Mm. And so uh, she's not here with us now, but when, you know, all she was alive, she was a Christian. And mm. I don't think growing up in church necessarily made us want to be Christians. In fact, sometimes it makes you, you see all the different things that make you not want to be a Christian sometimes. So I'm sure many of you have been there say, oh, church is not for me. But what I would say is we are the church, the right? Right. We are the church. And to your point, that personal relationship. So get the relationship and then you, we are the church. The church is the body of Christ. It's the people. And so if we can get a relationship, then we can build something that looks like the church that God intended to have. So, for example, mm. speaking of Damaris. Oh, please do. Speaking of. Uh, hey, it's our show. Go for it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my daughter that um, the Lord. uh allowed her to go home to be with him. Um, I remember when she was in fifth grade, she it, she was having a slumber party for her birthday and the girls were going to play games outside and it rained all day long. And when I came home from work, she burst out in tears. It was about 3.30 and I was bringing her cake in and she said, Mom, I'm not going to have my party. And I said, Why? And she said, because it's raining. I said, did you ask the Lord to make it stop raining? I promise you all, it had rained my whole eight hours, seven to three thirty and still raining all day. And so I told Damaris by faith, I said, did you ask the Lord to let it stop raining? She said, no. So I said, okay, go to your room (laughs) and pray and ask God to stop the rain. So she went upstairs and she prayed. And I went in my room because I'm like, okay, father, this is the first time this baby is asking you for something. I interceded for her as she asked the father. And do you not know at 530 it stopped raining? Her party was supposed to be at 630. The sun came out and she was so happy it stopped raining. And that gave her a relationship with God past her mother. Mm. It stopped raining on her behalf. And from that point on, I saw her pray on her own for things that she knew God would answer. And, you know, you make a, again, a good point. The idea that she came with a problem about a birthday. She's only mm-hmm. in fifth grade, you yes. said. And so he would say, oh, baby, it's okay. But you said, why don't you ask God about that? Mm-hmm. Now, now, what if God didn't stop the rain? Because I've prayed before from the rain to stop, it didn't stop. And I said, what would you have told her? Because we've been sharing all these success stories. But the reality is sometimes we pray and God doesn't move like we expect him to. Or maybe doesn't move in the timing we want, right? Mm-hmm. There's a story in the Bible where I believe it was Mary and Martha wanted prayer for their brother, Lazarus, mm-hmm. who was a friend of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, and he went away, he had business to do. And their brother died and they wept and they grieved. Now, Jesus went back and raised him from the dead. But I'm sure mm-hmm. at the time they felt like, Jesus, I've seen you do miracles. Why Why don't you do a miracle for me? I've been in places where, you know, I've lost jobs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus, like, why am I losing my job? I love you. And and I lost my job and we're going through this tough time. Why does, you know, why are you leaving me like this? So do you have any stories where it didn't happen like the way you expected? And what was the result of that? Um, the Bible does say all things mm. 
According to Romans 8 and 28, work together for the good of them that love the Lord and to the called according to his purpose. So we don't always know um, the why God answers some things according to what we want and not answer according to what we don't want. So when God says all things, that's where that relationship comes in with God. You've got to trust him. When he does not give you everything you want, you got to have faith that this is going to be better when he doesn't give you that thing you think that you must have. Mm. And so I've seen God say no to me because he has something down the road better, um, whether it be a house or a job. For example, um, I've prayed with my children. I've showed them certain things. I had two, a job that closed. I was there for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, oh, God, don't let it close. Don't let it close. It was a factory. It closed in 2010 after I was there for 20 years. And so then... I had to find another and job. And now you pray with the same yes. woman who cast out demons and yes. laid hands on people. You pray for your job. Yes. And it shut down. Yes, it <laughs> still shut down. Then um, there was another factory in 2015. Mm-hmm. I was oh, God, I just, you know, I want, I want to stay here. I want to retire from this job. I'm tired of looking for jobs. If there's one thing I hate doing is looking for a job. <laughs> so it closed. Mm. Factory number two in 2015. And so what I love about that, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and to the called according to his purpose. I still stand on it. Those two jobs closed after I prayed really hard and I decreed and I declared and got up in the morning and said it will not close and blah, blah, blah. And it closed. <laughs> but to this day, that worked together for my good because I'm now working. Uh, I'm a business owner. Yes. As a result of two Feel factories. Free to give a plug. In fact, you might be a you might be a Sherhope Global podcast sponsor one day. So you Amen. have divine appointment. You are a licensed esthetician. Yes. Amen. I had to go to school after two factories closed. And I am a licensed esthetician, the owner of Divine Appointment Day Spa. And so, so if your you're spa now, you've expanded actually. So you have uh, two nail techs, you mm-hmm. have a hairdresser. Yes. So that's exciting. And At, so in one year, and that came so. So if God answers your prayer to keep that factory open, this would never be here. I would never ever be working in a passion uh, uh, business owner that I love. I love going to work. I love doing what I do. So if you live in central Illinois, look up Divine Appointment on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. What Facebook dot uh, yes. com slash Divine Spa Experience, I think. So there we go. Correct. We got a plug in. Look at that. Correct. See, you need to come here just to talk. So um, thank you for your time, Mom. I appreciate you spending the time with us. I'm sure the people appreciate you. Um, but I hope you guys learned something from this today and grow in your grew in your faith, uh, grew in your hope for uh, God to do something supernatural, but also on this Mother's Day, whether you're praying with your mother, maybe you lost your mother and you were wondering why God loves you. He is sovereign. He loves your mom. He loves your children more than you could ever love them. And just know that 
He is working everything together for your good because he loves you. And we believe that you are called according to his purpose. So with that, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you for joining us in this message. And we pray that you were blessed. We pray that you will be a blessing by sharing the message with one of your friends. We also wanted to share that we are we are planning our calendar for 2018. If there's anything on your heart, please share it with us and we will look into it. In fact, you can reach us a number of ways. You can email us. Um, you can go to our website, www.sharehopeglobal.org and find out all the information there for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's also a great place to uh, look out for updates on what we're doing. We plan on doing some work here. We're based in Tampa, Florida. Uh, we also have our heart for the people that are in Puerto Rico. We know a lot of people are just getting back power. Some people still don't have power or great water sources yet. So we are actually working on an idea right now to share the gospel and to share resources with people in Puerto Rico. So if you want to join in with us please message us on facebook uh, write in the comments sections email us on sharehopeglobal.org wherever you can reach us tell us what you want tell us what you want to do we want to partner with you we're not in this by ourselves and you're not in it by yourself either we're working with you for the things that you care about as well so until next time we love you we are blessed to have you part of our lives and we hope that we made an impact in your life today until next time